another herb that's sometimes said to be contraindicated is echinacea. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's because you it's possible to be allergic to it. Uh, of course, um, yeah. So of course, firstly, if you haven't been allergic to it before, you're probably not going to be allergic to it now. Yeah. And secondly, um, herbalists use the root generally, yep. and the root, uh, it's, it's the flowering tops that people are generally allergic mm. to. So yeah. if you're using a, an alcohol extract of the root, you're mm. very unlikely to have the pollens there that someone might be allergic to. Yeah. Um, chamomile is the same. So because chamomile, oh. being a flower, right, oh, yeah. it's possible to be allergic to it. And so if you're not allergic to chamomile, then you're probably not going to be allergic to chamomile when you're no. pregnant. So it's probably perfectly fine to use. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. And now you may remember a few weeks back, we had David Castellan in, and he was talking about herbs and pregnancy, and he was specifically talking about raspberry leaf. And that got us talking more about herbs that are contraindicated in pregnancy. So I've asked David to come back and have a chat with us and so that we can talk about contraindicated herbs well, in pregnancy and perhaps other ones will come up as well and why they're contraindicated because there's some really interesting traditional stories behind this. So David's been in practice, in clinical practice, the last three decades, um, and he's the president of the NHAA, so he knows his herbs. And, um, and <laughs> so thank you so much for coming back David. Thank you Geraldine it's lovely to see you and lovely to be with you. Excellent it's great to have you. So herbs contraindicated in pregnancy now you had some amazing stories before. Yes. So yes. we were having a chat and and slippery um, elm, balsam wood come on what these things. Yes. Yes. These things. yes. Do tell. So, so really um, I, I guess what I'm really going to talk about is is actually herbs which aren't contraindicated in, in pregnancy, which everyone thinks they are, you know. Yeah. So a lot of people think that um, there's a lot of stories around herbs being contraindicated. And the problem that we have is that, you know, you only need someone somewhere to say that a herb is contraindicated and it gets repeated and gets repeated and repeated. And people forget, why was this contraindicated, you know? Yeah. And the reality is that basically anything that has ever been used as an abortifacient in pregnancy, you'll find um, some sort of reference to it being contraindicated in pregnancy. So it's right. like it was used as an abortifacient, therefore it right. must never be used in pregnancy, you yeah. see? The problem is that, you know, uh, the dose is very important. Um, and a lot of herbs were used in you know, heroic doses because mm. um, people didn't mind if they poisoned themselves because they really, you know, if they died, well, you know, in the 1920s, um, that's, they really were like, if I don't get rid of the baby, I might as well be dead. Yeah. Um, so they, they really didn't care if they poisoned themselves. And there was a lot of poisonings happening. Right. Um, and uh, but also people would do so you know anything that's been used in that way yeah. uh, will have a, a, an association with having been used as mm -hmm. an abortifacient yeah but 
slippery elm is particularly interesting mm. by the way that it was used. So um, people would use slippery elm um, and also balsa wood and seaweed. Um, and they would actually use pieces of the bark and they'd insert them, insert them into the vagina and leave them there. Oh. Um, that's right. And they would leave them after a couple of days, it, the, bulk, the slippery elm soaks up huge amounts of fluid and swells oh. enormously. Um, and the intention was to create a, to rupture the cervix, the cervical plug, and to, to bring on um, an, a, an abortion. That was what was the intention. Um, and uh, so it was interesting through the 19, the late 20s and 30s in England, yeah. um, that uh, pharmacies, uh, where you used to be able to buy slippery on bark, yeah. um, they were banned from selling pieces of the bark longer than two inches long. Yes, yes. So if inspectors came around and they had pieces, if the pieces of bark were longer than two inches, they'd be fined. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's really fascinating. Wow. And so um, when you see that, you know, sometimes people will be saying online, you'll see that, oh, you know, I've heard the slippery elm's contraindicated and then someone else says, oh, you know, well, maybe it's the, I think I think it's in the outer bark. So make sure you get the inner bark because <laughs> I heard that the outer bark had toxins in, you know. Yeah. It's actually nothing to do with that at all. It's right. it's actually to do with um, it, the way it was used. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're very unlikely to use slippery oil in that way. Yeah, um, in, Australia. in Australia. In Australia. And Texas, it might be a bit different. Um, yeah, but indeed. It's in right. Australia. In Australia, we're very unlikely to do that. Yeah, very um, unlikely uh, you know, to do Especially that. if we're intending to remain pregnant. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah. very, un yeah. So nothing to be worried about with slippery oil in yeah. pregnancy, which is, yeah. which is, which is a relief. Yeah. Um, but it's also... It's important for people to know that because yeah. otherwise someone who has terrible reflux or constipation is avoiding yeah. it because it's yeah. like, oh, I can't have slippery elm because it's contraindicated, you know? And it's so amazing. I mean, it's just it is. anyone it can is. use it. Any practitioner, nutritionist, naturopath, it's not yeah. um, herbalist. It's not mm. in because it's a food. That's so right. it's not confined to anybody. It's not a tincture that you have to learn about. It yes. is slippery yep. elm as a food, and it's incredible. It is. It it's, really is. You it know repairs, I mean? it soothes, it does the whole tract from yeah. mouse to anus. It is an amazing, amazing natural product, that, uh, you know, and it's straight from the bark. There's nothing, nothing mm. wrong with it. It's, it's lovely stuff. So, I mean, are there any problems with... Um, you know, it's not endangered or anything. There's nothing. Well, it, well, it is considered mm. to be that. That's the problem. That's the reason right. you might be cautious using it. Yeah. Is that because it's the bark? Um, you know, if it's not harvested well and ethically yeah. and etc., um, then you can ring back the tree. So uh, you can awesome. you can cause um, you know significant damage to you know to the to the tree. You can kill the tree. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, if it's not harvested, well, that's what can happen. So, I mean, it is a it is a challenge. That's the challenge that we worry about with slippery elm, not but not the actual contraindication. Yeah, right? yeah. So, I mean, the the companies that we tend to use are very ethic. They ethically right. source everything. So, and they're using farmed sources most of the time mm. when they can. Um, if it's wild crafted, it has to say wild crafted, and they won't 
as far as I'm aware, the big herbal companies that we use don't use wild-crafted slippery elm. They all use farmed. So the, right. um, so we are okay with our stocks. But it's an amazing product. And to mm. think that mm. people were forced to use it to try as an abortifacient by inserting it's, it. It's so sad, isn't it? That, yeah. that that's the, 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 I mean, I'm just so relieved we don't live in a time like that anymore. You yeah, know? Uh, absolutely. Where, absolutely. Where it was so bad to be mm. an unmarried mother. Yeah. that you will just do anything, you know? Yeah. And that's the problem that we have with a lot of our herbs that have got yeah. this legacy of being used as an abortifacient. You know, I mean, when you, think about it, well, when, yeah. you think, when you think about it, um, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, you can use water, you know, you could actually use water because yeah. it's quite possible to drink enough water to destable your electrolyte balance enough yeah. that, you, that you could actually, you know, cause enough trauma yeah. to your body that you might, uh, abort the fetus so that's possible yeah. you know yeah like but i mean you'd have to be you'd have you'd have to go to the lengths of you would make yourself incredibly ill yeah right? you um, could go on a marathon you do exactly that's yeah, right you could run a marathon with not enough water on board and you'd right. have the same you result. could do the opposite exactly yeah. You could, yeah yeah so you know there's all sorts of, of, of things like that um yeah. okay so another herb mm. um it's uh, like senna and cascara now mm. They're herbs which um, are actually not contraindicated in pregnancy, but yeah. but they are thought to. Now, they're thought to because people have said, oh, they cause a downward movement. Oh. Well, you don't <laughs> want to do that when you're pregnant, apparently. And so that's exactly right. So oh. no wonder people are constipated if they're worried about <laughs> downward movement, honestly. You know, but it's like... Realise. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I need to stop laughing. <laughs> Ruining a bod- podcast by laughing in the background. I need to stop. No. <laughs> so, um, but that's the thing, you know, oh, my goodness, they cause a downward movement. Yeah. So, and no, not a problem. I mean, I, I go to, this is this is a um, an excellent text that, that I refer to regularly. Yep. So that's the Essential Guide to Herbal Safety by Mills and Bone. That's correct, yes, 2005. Yep. 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 I use that regularly when I'm, when I'm, you know, treating someone who's pregnant and we'll look at each of the herbs that I might want to use uh, because they're, um, every herb's rated the same yeah. as pharmac- pharmaceuticals are. Yeah. So from A, B, 1, 2, 3, C, D and X, you know. So yeah. A, great. B, 1, 2, 3, yep, pretty good. You know, C, caution. D, don't. And X, run away. You know, yeah. so they're the, they're the categories. They're the categories. They work. That's right. So, so run away. Yes. <laughs> well, you run away because you know, oh, well, I don't go anywhere near that herb. You know, but no. probably B3 is where you, where you go, oh, you know. Um, but um, it, it's really interesting. Uh, another herb that's sometimes said to be contraindicated is echinacea. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. And that's because you, it's possible to be allergic to it. Uh, of course, um, yeah. So of course, firstly, if you haven't been allergic to it before, you're probably not going to be allergic to it now. Yeah. And secondly, um, herbalists use the root generally. Yep. And the root, uh, it's it's the flowering tops that people are generally allergic mm. to. So yeah. if you're using a, an alcohol extract of the root, you're mm. very unlikely to have the pollens there that someone might be allergic to. Yeah. Um, chamomile is the same. So because chamomile... Oh. Being a flower, right? oh, yeah. it's possible to be allergic to it. And so 
if you're not allergic to chamomile, then you're probably not going to be allergic to chamomile when you're mm -hmm. pregnant. So it's probably perfectly fine to use, you know? So, <laughs> but these, you'll find, you'll find um, listings for them as being contraindicated. Right. Um, licorice is another one. Um, yeah. Because licorice, you know, as we know, licorice puts your blood pressure up. Well, mm. oh my God, blood pressure is a problem in pregnancy. So therefore you obviously shouldn't have licorice. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is that when they study people who've taken licorice through their pregnancy, they have less preeclampsia. There you go. Which is fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, that is totally fascinating. Fewer people have preeclampsia if they take licorice during pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I often think with the licorice that when people are taking, of course, they're taking the sweeties and the lollies, which are really high in salt as well. Mm -hmm. So you add the salt and the licorice yeah. together. Well, yeah. yeah, it probably might not be good for the old yeah. blood pressure, just exactly. for the two simple, you know. But when we're thinking about our tinctures that we're giving them, mm. that, you know, they're very soothing. Like licorice is so soothing, it's smoothing, it, you know, it modulates things so beautifully. So, but yeah, nothing in excess. Mm. <laughs> Let's not exactly. do things in excess. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and Korean ginseng is the same thing. In oh. the Korean ginseng, see, Korean ginseng um, <clears throat> is very misunderstood. Yeah. Because it's stimulating. Um, people would often take Korean ginseng in excessive doses. Mm. But they take excess doses trying to really get that stim. And that leads to something called ginseng abuse syndrome. Oh, wow. And ginseng abuse syndrome puts your blood pressure up. And so, therefore, ginseng, Korean ginseng, is contraindicated in hypertension. However, um, it actually can be really useful. Like there's studies around of Korean ginseng being useful in treating hypertension. Yep. So, um, and again, pregnant women who've taken Korean ginseng have less preeclampsia. So it is actually really quite fascinating that a lot of these herbs would be, oh my God, or oh, you can't have Korean ginseng because that puts your yeah. blood pressure up and therefore, therefore, you know, yeah. so it's like we're, we're putting two and two together. We're doing, we're doing synergy here, but not very good. You know, we're going two and two, and we're getting six, um, <laughs> yeah. but it's just yeah. not the right answer. Yeah. Um, so that's the problem that we've got going on with a lot of things is, you know, yeah. oh, you know, that leads to this over here, you know, downward movement. Oh my God, we yeah. can't have that um so i often i'm often often reassured um yeah. by how many herbs i want to use for whatever the person's come in with mm. which are like a category a or mm. a b1 or b2 you know which yeah. i'm very comfortable prescribing yeah um and so that's one of the reasons why i like this book so much because of the fact that each of the herbs in here are categorized yeah. So you not only have, you don't just have a yes, no, you know, mm -hmm. because you can, I mean, where, where do you draw the line? Do yeah. you draw the line at B3? Do you draw the line at C? Does someone has someone drawn the line at D, you know? Because yeah. yeah. um, that was what I've learned previously when, you know, when I was using my Meadow Suite. Um, <laughs> I was using Meadow Suite for morning sickness. And then this book came out and I was like, oh, it's a B3. Maybe I'm not so keen on using it. There's yeah. morning sickness, you know, but yeah. it was in the okay category. So, yeah. so yeah, okay. And you know, where does it fit? And it really depends on who's writing the categories. You know, you read six different books uh, with with the yes no list of herbs in pregnancy, and you'll have six different answers. You will. So you know, even ginger, you'll find people yeah. say you shouldn't use ginger. You know, yeah. so it, it's really really strange how. <clears throat> um, disparate this is and you know you don't need to know much about herbs 
in order to make these pronouncements about them or anything. Yeah, and, that's the thing, isn't um, it? Everyone just repeat it. Yeah, everyone's an expert, aren't they? And then they all repeat what their auntie Nelly said, and so you're left, you know, thinking, "Oh, what should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing?" Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So I'm always, I'm always very um, relieved at Mm. how many herbs I can use comfortably. You know, with Ania, passionflower, skullcap, you know, oats green. So many of the nerve herbs, particularly. Um, yeah. very they're wonderful to use in pregnancy because pregnancy can be a very stressful time mm-hmm. um and it's not meant you know you're not meant to say that it is you know yeah. you're not meant to acknowledge it you know you mean yeah. happy. Yeah, happy all the time everything's the perfect time. world is perfect that's right you're in, exactly. you're in pain yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in pain you're you know you can hardly move you can hardly keep anything down you know, yeah. but it's all meant to be fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of nerve work that can be incredibly helpful um, during pregnancy. Even St. John's Wort, I think, is a B1, you know. Yeah. So it's very, very useful to be able to use these herbs for someone. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I mean, they have, yes, they have alcohol in them mostly. Yes, we've now mm. got tracks. But also you're doing such a low dose, 2.5 mils. Anyway. It's totally. tiny. It's not a shot of vodka. It's a, it's a tiny, yeah. tiny, it's half a teaspoon. So, yeah. and if you, if you bring it out and leave it out for five minutes, a lot of that alcohol will burn off anyway. You'll be down to two mils in no time. And, um, and then you've got your, your tincture if you leave it out. Mm. So it's because um, it's such yeah. small amounts that we're giving people. We're not, you know, and that's no alcohol mm-hmm. in pregnancy, but yeah. you are allowed half a teaspoon of alcohol in pregnancy. Precisely. That's exactly right. We aren't talking about, you know, I mean, the idea, I mean, alcoholic beverages, which mm. is what we are, which is what is referred to when we talk yes. about alcohol, right? Yep. So we're talking about alcoholic beverages. Now, they are designed to deliver alcohol to your bloodstream as quickly as possible mm. because the whole point is to get off your heels, you know, yeah. as quick as possible, you know. <laughs> I mean, what's the point of going out if you can't remember going out? I mean, there's yeah. no point apparently. So, you know, you want to get off your heels as soon as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's what alcoholic beverages are about. But yeah. when you use the alcohol to extract the herbs, the whole point mm. is that, you're using the alcohol to extract the herbs. Yeah. You're like the difference in the constituents that are in a um, an alcohol extract is very different to what they are in a water extract. Yeah. Because those additional molecules, particularly like the oils and you know resins, um, etc., they are bound to the alcohol molecule. Yeah. So you've got this extract which has. Mm. Um, it's got the alcohol molecule with all sorts of bits attached to it. Yep. Now, that alcohol molecule isn't ready for absorption into the into your into your, um, tra- into your you know your digestion yep. um, in your bloodstream. Um, <laughs> got lost with my words there. Um, immediately, you know, it, ta- mm. it isn't re- available immediately like an alcoholic beverage. Um, it those other molecules need to be cleaved off. And then eventually it's available for, so you have this very slow um, release of alcohol into the bloodstream anyway. So yeah. I, I don't avoid my, my yeah. um, herbal, regular herbal extracts in pregnancy. I'm very happy using them, very comfortable. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I, know I looked at that because I was um, really surprised 
with um, cramp bark uh, right. because cramp bark, I mean, cramp bark is amazing for mm. relaxing spasms, you know, and if you've got to wake up with a quick neck or something, you really, yeah. you know, the cramp bark is just quite remarkable. But yeah. you need a jolly good dose, you know. <laughs> so for me, so for me, I'll take, you know, 20 mil or, you know, yeah. 30 mil, whatever, just take a big dose all at once, you know. And I was actually, because I'm a very, very, very cheap drunk, um, I am off my heels really quickly, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're quite um, tall i mean you're six oh, something. i know it's not a good look <laughs> no, how tall are you you're six something yeah six three yeah six three <laughs> so you always tower over me when i see yeah, you <laughs> yeah yeah so you can imagine six foot three and off my heels not good yeah. right so <laughs> tipping off my heels no good so um it happens very quickly with me yeah i couldn't work out why i could have a 30 mil dose of grandpa yeah. And have absolutely no alcohol-related yeah. effects at all. You know, yeah. it, it was like, how does this? How does this work? You know, yeah. how can that be? How can I not have any relationship to that? And that's when I start looking at okay, what happens? What happens mm-hmm. when you ingest an alcohol extract? It's like right. it's not absorbed. Yeah. Like you know, um, the alcohol is not absorbed quickly. Mm-hmm. Those molecules that are attached to the alcohol molecules need to be cleaved off and all of that happens over time so you almost get drip fed this little bit and that's the whole point a little bit it goes to your 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 liver it metabolizes straight away it's done it's off so you it's it's that slow drip feed um which means that you don't get that alcohol effect Mm. from it which is which is really nice that's great no yeah yeah that's great that's good to know (laughs) Yet again, I mean, you've spoken really quickly again, but it does, <laughs> we learn so much. We learn so much in a short period of time. It's fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. So oh, <laughs> thank you very much for coming back on the podcast. It's been absolutely brilliant having you. And um, I'm sure I'll get you back at some point in the future. So thank you once again. I've had a great time. Thanks, Geraldine. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.